Remember Charles Sobraj, the bikini killer, the serpent, somebody who's believed to have murdered about 30 people, mostly women, 12 of them confirmed, right? He has come back in headlines again because he's been serving a jail sentence in Nepal. He's now going to be released prematurely, not that prematurely. He was on a life sentence of 20 years. He's still 10 months from finishing that sentence. So he's being allowed to leave at this point. So he's been given his release by Nepal Supreme Court, partly because of his health condition. And also he's been permitted to go home or to go back to France, which he now considers his home. Now, Charles Sobraj is somebody who has made many stories in many people's lives, mostly bad news stories for most people. Now, And you know what happens with us journalists? Other people's bad news stories often becomes interesting stories in our lives. So today also, while we talk of Sobraj, we know that he's being released. He will again, now he's at the age of 78. He's had many issues with his heart elsewhere. So we don't know how much more will he do. But if you go by his track record, he's never spent much time out of jail that was uneventful. Because whatever he does, he's almost compulsive about it. That's about cheating, about hoodwinking people, about killing people, about kidnapping people, about fooling people. Even when he's been in jail, he's been doing stuff like that. So at the age of 78, now he will go out. He has a daughter. He'll go away to France. So maybe, maybe he'll turn in, uh, turn a new leaf at this point. But he also gives me an excuse today. His impending release also gives me an excuse today to do some storytelling. So how did I get into the Charles Sobraj story? In many ways, Charles Sobraj is of a generation in newsmaking that precedes mine. Because most of his fame or infamy was earned between 1963 and 1976. Most of his kidnappings, murders, robberies were done in that period. A lot of these, a lot of his victims were women. A lot of his victims were found in bikinis. And that's why he's called bikini killer. Now, okay, you might say that it's not as if 10 out of 12 were found in bikinis, but bikini became a kind of a buzzword associated with him. Also because all of his infamy was earned in the hippie phase of our popular culture. Hippie phase, as we know, started mid-60s, peaked towards the late 60s, then waned a little bit, not that much. A lot of it came to India as well. The Beatles came to India, George Harrison. Some of Indian gurus got involved. A lot of the hippies had this fixation about Hindu culture, Hindu religion, also Eastern religions, Eastern mysticism. So loads and loads of hippies came into India and Nepal, probably in search of some spirituality, but basically for a lot of easily available hash or other substances which were in fashion at that point of time because enforcement in India and Nepal, places like that, wasn't that good. Also, at one level, there was also a little bit of a romance. These are foreign tourists because people in our countries had not seen that many foreigners. It was in that period that Charles Sobraj built his legend because a lot of these hippies were floating on their own. They were not staying in any, any reliable places. They were almost like pavement dwellers of that time, right? International pavement dwellers of that time. So they were, they were easy targets for him. If they had a little bit of money, if they had a little bit of sex on offer, right? Uh, or, or, or maybe, or maybe some parts of his history, if you read, if you read the books about him, there's a book which is almost like, a, like an autobiography, which is Serpentine, 
serpent you know he was called there is also a book life and times of charles sobraj where the authors two authors have actually been in conversation with him for a long time if you read all of that you could see that some of this maybe charles sobraj was doing just for what we might call as fun excitement or because that was that is something that he just had to do uski fitrat thi wo a bit ritualistic sort of sometimes like the thagi culture or the thagi tradition in banaras which is you get a victim likely victim of this kind unsuspecting victim you have to put that victim away so he did a lot of that and the other thing about him was that he continued to get caught and when he get got caught he always managed to escape and that is also what gave him the name the serpent and that's why serpentine because he was slithery like a serpent how did how did i get on to the charles sobrad story that's part of my story today 1986 march towards the end of 1986 march charles sobrad escaped from tihar jail in delhi from prison 3 in tihar jail he was serving a 10 year sentence now what was his worry why did he escape i will tell you in a minute first let me tell you how he escaped is a fascinating story why he escaped is an even more fascinating story how he get got caught is a dramatic story why he got caught again is an even more fascinating story so so this is three stages of fascinating stories so first of all how did he manage his escape that's a story i covered then for india today i think it was a five or six or seven page story i'm sharing a screenshot of the front page of the story and also also a link of the story so you can read the whole story so what did he do he set it up he set it up he set it up he had to escape so this time he set it up in a way that he had perfected in the past he had often used sedatives to make his victims unconscious and then rob them kill them whatever he wanted to do with them in this case he wanted to sedate the prison guards so he could escape so what did he do now how did the first indication that something like this was brewing come up but except that when it came up nobody quite figured what it meant but prison guards in delhi's tihar jail and i recorded that in my story in 1986 that's in the 15th april issue of india today prison guards were sort of surprised to see a cat get very sick so a cat in prison number 3 of tihar jail got very sick high security area got very sick looked like it was dying it was unconscious so some kindly souls in the prison decided to help the cat for 3 days the cat staggered 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 and then improved you know after all it's a cat cats have nine lives that metaphor also applies to charles sobraj in fact if i applied that metaphor to charles sobraj charles sobraj has been living his ninth life for a very very long time so this cat sort of came to on his on on the day 4 and nobody figured that there was some significance to it until a few days later charles sobraj escaped Charles Sobraj who was among the most watched prisoners in Tihar jail escaped and how did he escape once he escaped they found a half dozen prison guards lying unconscious they found two jawans of tamil nadu special police who were guarding the gate of jail number 3 they were lying unconscious their three not three rifles lying next to them nobody had bothered stealing their rifles etc Charles Sobraj himself <coughs> had driven away in a car how did he get a car in the jail that's also a story he drove away in a car and why did the other guards not stop him because in the back seat of the car they also found a police officer at least his uniform and his badges showing who was on duty in tihar jail and who was somebody they knew officer of that rank 
so they thought this is an officer going away where, where is the problem that official who was a warder anand swarup he was in the car so the guards thought oh it's our own officer going away what they didn't see was and what was found out later was that his mouth was taped so that officer was also unconscious his mouth was taped so he couldn't scream just in case the sedative didn't work so well he was then abandoned at some distance from the jail maybe half a kilometer or kilometer from the jail and as he came to consciousness later he was discovered and he still had the and and he still had the tape on his mouth so this was that elaborately done now where does the cat come in the cat comes in because he was checking out a new sedative and he wanted to see if the sedative would work well and the cat was his guinea pig right fortunately for the cat it survived but that was good for sobraj also because he wanted to see how effective this sedative was how much dosage will work and in this case his intention was not to kill anybody further he had killed enough people for fun gain whatever his objective was to make a clean break from the jail now why he was trying to break out of jail i told you that was the second most fascinating story of all now how did the car come in and how did he get this sedative so he had an accomplice called richard hall richard hall had got himself arrested on a minor drug charge to be in the jail now he from the jail was then giving out bribes etc etc and on this date he gave the prison guard just a 100 rupees and brought a car in brought a car in with goodies saying look this is charles sobraj sobraj's birthday his birthday is actually nobody checked prison prison officers could have checked his date of birth but they didn't his birthday wasn't until a fortnight later that that is 6th of april so they said this is charles sobraj's birthday party i am bringing you stuff so he brought baskets full of goodies for them which is which is chocolates apples grapes custard pudding barfi and petha now all of that was obviously delicious stuff but all of that was spiked with that sedative and everybody ate it except obviously charles sobraj and richard hall himself and that's how he got everybody unconscious now there were other sub stories to it who were his accomplices in the jail who might have helped him so those days if you go back to the headlines of the mid 80s one of the one of the most infamous thugs in india thug come decoyed come kidnapper come murderer a real hood from from madhya pradesh was a man called raju bhatnagar now raju bhatnagar was locked up in the same jail then the chances were raju bhatnagar would never get out raju bhatnagar was somebody that charles sobraj cultivated in the hope that raju bhatnagar and his gang will help him get away now raju bhatnagar as it usually usually happens with mafiosi he had also got a bunch of his own people get themselves arrested on minor charges so maybe somebody would massage him somebody would make his food somebody would somebody would give him muscle power in case someone else was giving him trouble so most of these mafiosi generally get a lot of their own gang get themselves arrested on minor charges so they have the numbers and they have quote and quote staff in the jail so charles sobraj had cultivated raju patnagar in the same period just before this what was his quid pro quo and why did the police suspect that raju patnagar was also part of this escape and he might have also fixed a lot of the jail authorities that is because raju patnagar got his bail in the most mysterious circumstances in astounding circumstances he went for bail to the judge the judge wrote on his on her order bail denied right his bail was denied and yet the next day the jail released him 
And when the jail released him, the jail official said, oh, we misread the order. Now, nobody in Delhi police, Mr. Ved Marwa was then the police commissioner of Delhi. He's also quoted in my story. Nobody bought that story. Basically, he had paid the jail guys to get out of there. And Charles Sobraj obviously had taught him the method. So not only did Charles Sobraj escape, he also helped Raju Bhatnagar escape. In fact, while reporting the story, I then used to drive a second and old Premier Padmini, which I bought from my senior colleague T.N. Nainan, I went driving someplace distant in North Delhi to the judge's home who received me. She had given me time and she spoke about this and she just said, I'm so, so astounded. How can an order I've given can be implemented exactly, exactly in the opposite sense? I had said bail denied and these fellows released the guy. So this was the network that was used for him to get out of jail. Now, this wasn't the first time he got out of jail. He had gotten out of jail much earlier. So in my story, my story began by describing him as, my story began by saying that he's like equal parts Swengeli and Houdini, both known for their disappearing tricks, etc., which used to be quite a popular magazine in the 80s. So Asia Beak wrote somewhat more colorfully, Dr. No, Goldfinger, Professor Moriarty, move on. Charles Sobraj has your beat. Professor Moriarty, remember, as the arch nemesis of, of Sherlock Holmes. Now, Asia Week then went on to say, anyone can be slippery when there are greasy palms. Now, that's a reality. But the fact is, this wasn't the first time that Charles Sobraj had escaped. He had escaped already six times in his life from many prisons, including from a maximum security prison in Greece. And the Greek prison has the reputation of being a Spandau-like prison impossible to escape from but he escaped from that he also escaped from thailand so in fact while i researched that story i also found out that in one of his conversations with richard neville who was one of the authors of life and times of charles sobraj he told richard neville that if my appeal against extradition to thailand fails i might write the greek method so the greek method was escaping from jail and that will explain to us why he wanted to escape from jail. He wanted to escape from jail before completing his full term because he knew the moment he completes his full term, India will extradite him to Thailand because he had lost his case, his appeal against extradition in the high court. So he saw no chance. If he had gone to Thailand then, he, he would have been quite quickly executed because Thai legal system then did not have the kind of clutter and mess that our legal system has. He was wanted for not manslaughter, but real cold-blooded murder in Thailand. And he would have got a death sentence very quickly. So strange guy. Takes other people's lives, but values his own life so much. Doesn't mind going to jail. Spends years and years and years, decades in jail. Even plays his games in jail. Even gets women to fall in love with him while he's in jail. Marry him while he's in jail, but really values his life. So whatever happens, whatever happens, he will not go to Thailand. And many jail officers, including senior officers I spoke with, including Ved Marwa, they said, look, we always knew that he will make an escape attempt. But would it happen so quickly? That is something what we didn't, that is what something we didn't figure. We thought he might take a little, little bit longer because we knew that he will try and escape before his prison term and he will again manage to get caught. 
why would he manage to get caught? That is the third most fascinating story. I told you three levels of fascination. So that is the most fascination of the three. He wanted to get caught. So now he will be charged for escaping from jail in India and be given a fresh sentence. And that's precisely what happened. He got caught in a club in Goa by the famous inspector Madhukar Zende. But you know, Madhukar Zende, he did a great job catching him. But I don't think Charles Sobrav is trying to not get caught. In fact, he was trying to get caught. And his idea was, now he will get a fresh sentence in India so that he will escape death in Thailand. And his plan was to spend only as much time in an Indian jail or at least as much time in an Indian jail that 20 years would have passed between the murders he committed in Thailand so that the Thailand's law of limitations would apply. So Thailand is one of those nations where a criminal case cannot be prosecuted or cannot be proceeded with 20 years after it was registered. So he waited for 20 years and that is how in 1997 he got released from prison finally in India. Now look at his other prison escapes. His, his life is so fascinating. In, in Greece, he set the prison van on fire. When, when he was being taken from the prison someplace, maybe to a hospital someplace, he set the prison van on fire and escaped. In Kabul, in Kabul, a decade before he got caught in India, he tried to get his wife out. His wife, his French wife then, Chantal, she was in jail in Kabul. He, he tried to get her out by getting Marilyn, who's, who was a, his daughter's nurse, get herself arrested on a minor drug charge. Obviously, nobody would dare do such a thing in Taliban's Afghanistan. That was Afghanistan of a different type. So he got he got to get herself arrested in Kabul and tried to use her to somehow get his wife out. So he had done that all his life. Now also think about how was he caught in India when he was given his 10-year sentence to go to Tihar. He was caught in 1976 in Delhi's Vikram Hotel, South Delhi's Vikram Hotel. It's not a prominent hotel now. It used to be fairly well known earlier when the skyline was not so filled up around it. So you could see Hotel Vikram. There, he along with three female accomplices of his, they caught hold of a bunch of French students. Again, this was the, this was, this was the tail end of the hippie era. They caught hold of, they caught hold of three French students and persuaded them or tricked them into accepting them as their tour guides and then drugged them and tried to rob them. In that process, they got caught because you know what? The effect of that drug wore off too quickly. So that's why because he had had that experience in the past. In one case, in one case, the drug had ended up killing the guy. In another case, drugs, the effect of the drug had worn off too fast. That's the reason he used a cat as a guinea pig in Tihar jail. So we know that he got caught, then he got released. After he got released, he went to France, but once again, chori, chor, chori se jaye, hera feri se na jaye. In this case, na chori se jaye, na hera feri se jaye. He came back to Nepal, again got caught for murdering not one person, but two persons. And these were American tourists. So there was an American woman, Connie Jo Bronzik, and also her boyfriend, Laurent Carrier. He was then convicted for murdering both of, both of them and got a life sentence. And that is the life sentence from which he's been given like a 10th month, 10 month remission. So, she, so he is now going home. So when I was working on this story, one of the most unusual aspects was how many women were finding him irresistible. Now, there were two women in particular with whom he had a relationship while he was in jail. One was Neha Sanger who was a student, senior student, like a researcher in a DU postgraduate hostel. 
In fact, she disappeared around time Charles Sobras disappeared. And Delhi police suspected that she might be an accomplice. It turned out that she wasn't an accomplice. Delhi police found her in her hometown, Lalitpur, near Jhansi. And she gave a story. She gave a story of why she was so attracted towards him, etc. I did reach out to her on the phone, etc. But she again just said that she found him so so interesting and so attractive and so irresistible. I forget the exact word she might have used in English or Hindi, but that is that. But it but it was something to that effect that he said. Now there was another woman, a 46-year-old divorcee, Vashali Reddy in Hyderabad, mother of three, who said she was going to marry Sobraj and Sobraj had already told people in the jail that she was going to marry him, that he was going to marry her. So I spoke with her, I called her and, and she spoke with me with great candor without any hesitation and those quotes are all published in that story and I, I repeat one, one out of those for you. She said and I quote, I felt he was a pathological case, always craved for affection and family life, he seemed to have a father obsession, was rebellious and impulsive. Now do these qualities make any man so irresistible to so many women? I don't know. Or maybe it's just the life in crime, the success in crime, the risk, the danger. I don't know what it was. But Charles Sobraj always did very well in this area. And then the police police collected all the letters, etc. that Charles Sobraj had written to Vaishali Reddy. And those were strange letters. And I saw a lot of those. Those were talking about handwriting analysis, psychology, philosophy and the laws. So once again, there was nothing about the man that wasn't interesting. And there was nothing about the man that wasn't crooked, dangerous or devious. And that man has lived on. I told you, he's still living the cat's ninth life. But in his case, the ninth life is going on forever. And if he goes to France now, he'll be safe. All his cases are over. He's not being prosecuted for anything. His victims are dead. Most of the witnesses, complainants, investigators, they are all gone. So once again, Charles Sobraj has a new life and it's up to him entirely whether finally he goes into obscurity now or comes back in our headlines.